Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast. I am your host, Walt, and if this is your first time joining us, thank you for tuning in. We're glad to have you here. This podcast is a little bit different. What we focus is on stories, adventures, tales, experiences that everybody has in the outdoor world, and we hope that that inspires you to get outside, stay a little longer, go a little further, and, and have a good time. So I am joining you from the panhandle of Florida, but from central Florida, my co-host Chase Dude, how are you? What's good in your world? I am awesome, dude. I've been out. The the deer have been on the move. Been chasing the ladies here recently. I got another deer down on Veterans Day, which I thought was awesome. 11-11. Yeah, man. I don't know that I've ever killed a deer on 11-11, so that was a, a new <laughs> one for me. Yeah. But yeah, I'm doing I'm doing good, man. I'm, I'm staying busy for sure uh, with everything else as well, so. Just finding, I've been finding my time to get out there and get after it. You've, you've been doing well, and we're going to talk about that a little bit here uh, coming up. But this is going to be an episode that's just you and I. There's not going to be a guest tonight. So I, what I think we should do is we should go ahead and get uh, the remainder of this intro done and over with, and then we can move on to uh, kind of like a mid-season, well, for you, mid-season for me. I'm still you know, three weeks into mine, but right. uh, we're going to do like a little like mid-season recap. So. First and foremost, we got to thank Tethered, tetherednation.com. They are the maker of the Predator platform, the Tethered Mantis saddle. As you well know, if you've been listening for any time here, we are huge proponents of the saddle game. We hunt ex- almost exclusively from them. I exclusively. Chase still uh, has some lingering stands that he uses, but uh, so far Chase has shot uh, several good deer out of his saddle, had a good time doing it. What I think we should do here 
is I'm going to name my favorite piece from the component, and you can do the same thing. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. All right, so my favorite piece is the entire system. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I was on the way home. I was like, God, you know, this, this would be a great thing. Let's name our favorite pieces. Realistically, I don't know that I have a favorite, but if I'm going to pick one, I think for me it's the Predator platform. That thing is just wicked simple, wicked versatile, easy to set up. Um, I even saw the other day where a dude undoes the platform bottom all the way to where it leans downward so that when you're standing there, your feet and your ankles are all in alignment so that, you know, it's a genuine lean. I just don't see you getting that kind of versatility out of anything else. And and for me, it's a game changer. Yeah, no doubt. That's got to be my favorite piece as well. Uh, I I, I love the Predator, uh, the versatility that it gives you. You, If I've used it even as just my – almost like a tree stand platform to to take uh the the big deer I killed on public uh land I had I used it I basically turned around on it and was standing on it just like I'd be standing uh, out of a tree stand with it um so I, I just love how versatile it is or if you if you need to move around a little bit or if you want to stand up it allows you to stand straight up stretch out all that good stuff as as opposed to being on your top stick or uh, a couple of little steps to the side. I really like that fact. So it, it works out, especially for them uh, long sits. Oh, for sure. Especially on the long sits. That's where it really comes into play. In fact, we've got a YouTube video that's going to drop here shortly comparing the Predator platform to a ring of steps. So uh, check out our YouTube channel. Check out tetherednation.com while you're at it. And take a look at what you've got there. And if you got any questions, if there's a specific video or a video series on saddle hunting that you'd like us to do, I'm putting together a list of stuff that we can tend to, uh, time permitting during the season, and maybe some videos coming uh, after the season as well for saddle hunting. So tethernation.com, check out the Predator platform, check out everything else they've got there. They've got a, a much larger list of items besides just the platform. But uh, the next people that we have to thank are our Patreon subscribers. Guys, thank you so much. Our Patreon continues to grow, and I think it's important that we reiterate what these funds do. We don't make any money off this podcast. It doesn't cost a whole lot of money to operate this podcast, but we've got big dreams to get into video. We've got aspirations to travel the country and meet with people. And it does cost a little bit just to maintain the podcast. And and that's how we do it is through Patreon. If you're unfamiliar with what Patreon is, it's a monthly donation that you can make to the show based on a, one, a 2 a 5 or a $10 tier. And each of those tiers come with additional benefits like a decal, which are ordered and will be coming out. So if you've been waiting on one, those are on their way. Or if you join the $10 uh, tier, we send out hats as we have them. And those those dollars go right to, to those dreams of the podcast to support the podcast, our goals, and our ambitions. And uh, we take it a whole other step further. And we do quarterly giveaways to say thank you. And this quarter, we're going to be giving away two Havilon Peranta knives. One, you know, Obviously, you get two chances to win here. We're not going to give two of them to one person. But... Uh, we do quarterly giveaways so that we just say thank you to the people that are, are deciding to support the show and uh, just want big thanks goes out to everybody who's done so. The growth has allowed me to acquire a camera and pay for that and soon we're going to acquire another camera for Chase so that next year when he shoots his five uh, Pope and Young Bucks, you know, he can uh, have that on video as well. So <laughs> <laughs> big thank I mean, seriously, a huge thank you from the bottom of my heart for those who have decided to support the show. So, um yeah, it, it, it's every time I get on there and I see the growth, it just it makes me smile and it, it energizes me in the early mornings when I get up and I'm editing a video or a podcast. It's really it's it's awesome to know that people appreciate it. Yeah, no doubt. I, like I said, I, I appreciate everybody as well. And uh, thanks for joining and being a part of the Chasing Tales family. Absolutely.
Absolutely. So with that out of the way, let's uh, shift. And I think I'm going to start with me, uh, not out of selfish intent, but mainly because my season is relatively brief. And I think we can just go ahead and kind of get that out the way. Um, three weeks in, I, I've had some discouraging moments. It, the, the pressure has been a little greater than I thought it was going to be in areas I didn't expect. And uh, it's kind of sh- caused me to, to shift up my game plan a little bit. Yeah, I remember you telling me that when you went out for the first time about the pressure and you've kind of had to shift your spots and you were thinking you you've you keep telling me you keep seeing deer on your your ride home. Like you're like, "Oh, I yep. saw deer out here. I keep seeing deer out here. I'm going to set up over here." And it doesn't really work out. I'm not sure why that is or maybe there is pressure there while you're there as well causing that to not happen on those days. Uh, I'm not really sure. But I definitely think that you're making the right shift as in, hey, I need to make a change. I need to move to something else. What I'm doing right now isn't working. So I I I think that's a really good idea, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, you know, there's a delicate line between abandoning a game plan because it hasn't paid off yet and and, and, uh, knowing when to, to stick it out. You know, it's like... It, it, you never want to shift too quickly. And, and after three weekends um, of not seeing a deer, well, the first two weekends, after the first two full weekends, uh, one of which being a three-day weekend of not seeing any deer uh, in the stand, but then bumping them literally on my way out every hunt, I would bump deer. Um, it told me I was in the right place. Um, I was getting pretty close to them. But at the same time, I was running into so many other people uh, it was really odd that you just weren't having those daylight encounters. And when I pulled my trail cameras that I had had up for a little while, you know, deer photos, they weren't, you know, every day coming by, you know, to go get their groceries every day kind of, kind of photos. But, you know, you had daylight photos, a lot of daylight photos. In fact, more daylight than nighttime photos in a lot of these areas. So I felt pretty good. And then as I scrolled through the trail cameras, literally the day the season started, the daylight photos ended and it was just nighttime photos. Wow. And that, that, that told me something. And I think that that says two things. One, those deer, uh, know when deer, when human pressure increases, it's hunting season and they're going nocturnal. Um, so, you know, to combat that, uh, I spent, um, not this past weekend, but the weekend before that, I, I spent it scouting uh, more than anything. I'd pick a new area, and I'd walk in, and I found some areas that are really unconventional, and they're very difficult to get to. Um, John Eberhardt, I was listening to a podcast, and, and he was talking here recently, and he was like, you know, whenever I hunt heavily pressured land, I think, well, where can I go and not get killed, right? And there's, I think on this piece of public that I had my heart set out on hunting a lot, I think there's only really one or two good places to hunt. And it's unfortunate because it's a pretty good chunk of land, but the reality of it is everywhere else there's not hot sign. But you know, I move a trail camera to this one little, I'd say 500 acre chunk, and you know, I sent you photos. I got three bucks, two turkeys, some hogs moving during daylight hours. You know, so it, it was real evident. But I think this is a spot that I really need to wait until it's the rut to get back in there because again, a lot of the the movement, while some of it was during the daylight, the bucks weren't moving during the day. Right. right, which I, yeah. what, what I was, I kind of thought, I was like, well, maybe they've made like a little seasonal shift or something like that. Like, okay, right. well, maybe they've done that. But, I mean, it sounds like if you're getting pictures of bucks at night uh, in those areas, maybe it's just, the, the like you're right, the, the hunting pressure has kind of got to them 
and they've decided. I mean, they may still be moving. They're just not moving as far as they right. were when they had no pressure uh, during the daylight hours. I'm sure they're getting up. Like people say, that they don't just sit there all day long. Uh, they, no. They've got to get up and move around. But it, it could be. Like I said, this is your, what, second season on this piece of public? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, technically my third, but last year was the first real, like, uh, hardcore time that I went in there. The, the year one, I went in there a couple times and hunted randomly. But last year, I really dedicated my spot to myself to to learning this area. This will be year two of that. Right. And then you you were kind of seeing the same thing last year, right? Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So it's not exactly. it's not like you made a decision based on just the season. You're you're taking last season as well, along with this one, and going okay. Here, uh, I've got to I've got to change my game plan because what I'm doing right isn't working. Right. Well, it's, it's like, you know, I, I said this to a buddy of mine who he's asking me about, you know, how I felt about it. And, you know, finding something one time, that's a coincidence. Twice is a pattern, three is a habit. And, you know, we're, we're bordering on that third time of, okay, same identical circumstances. Now we're starting to see a pattern happen. You know, it may be one of these things because last year when I hunted it year round, I hunted near some of these areas and I found very quickly that, um, during the rut, I started seeing more activity on the borders of the area where I put the trail cameras here recently. So, you know, I, it is what it is. You know, there's there's a lot of public land in this area, and I, I made a shift this past weekend and went to an area that I typically haven't hunted until later in the year. And on my way in, I bumped deer out of the exact spot that I picked out on a map and said, I think the deer are going to be here. And I just happened to be there 50 minutes too late. Right. Um so, you know, and then had turkeys come by and almost got shots at the turkeys. And I had a freaking bobcat at 12 feet walk past me. And that was kind of like the highlight. That was like a, between the turkeys coming by at like 12 yards and the bobcat coming by somewhere between like 10 and 15 feet. Like that's just, that was like an affirmation that I could, you know, I wasn't just messing everything up, you know, cause I was hunting on the ground, uh, this past weekend because there were no trees suitable for climbing. Right. Yeah. I remember that you sent me some pics of... <laughs> How you were set up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it was one of those things. I also kind of feel like I may have wasted some opportunities on that other piece. And I'm going to wait until next year to test it because I really feel like I need to let that area kind of relax and learn this other piece of property. Um, But there were areas I went in before on that on that other piece of public and said, oh, well, there's no good trees here and just moved on. I don't know why. For some reason, I just like it never dawned on me that I could hunt from the ground. I I just I. (laughs) It was the weirdest thing in, in this past weekend when I walked to this spot and I went, oh, God, this is awesome. The sign's here. I even found some acorns, which have been incredibly scarce. I find all this awesome sign, and then there's no tree. I was like, oh, well, I'm just going to hunt from the ground. Like, Duh, you idiot. Cause so I just you – know, I took my saddle, and I set it up like I was saddle hunting, but I was just, you know, <laughs> two feet off the ground. <laughs> right. You know? So – and it worked out because that bobcat never saw me. The turkeys – if they hadn't uh, passed behind me, and instead they had passed in front of me, um, you know they they would have they would have had an arrow flung at them. I mean, they they literally were one uh, bad decision away, you know, <laughs> two or three steps from right. uh, making a critical mistake. Yeah, yeah. So, so. It, it, hey, at least you were seeing some game, and that always helps pass the time when you're sitting in the stand, you're not seeing deer <laughs> as well. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, and again, I'm not, you know, I kind of got, I, I felt, I don't want to say I was feeling sorry for myself because I really wasn't feeling sorry for myself, but I did feel kind of discouraged because I put so much time into figuring out this one piece of public and I felt like I had a better game plan than I did in reality. But 
I did some digging today on the rut in this area, and I sent you, I think, briefly what some of what I found. And basically, the bell curve—if you took the bell curve for like peak rut, where it's approaching peak rut, and then it's it's ending peak rut—if you take like the top one third, that just so happens to straddle my Christmas vacation, which I've got two and a half weeks off for. Oh yeah, so money. Yeah, yeah. So I, I am really optimistic that uh, in mid December, by by mid December. Things will really get to spice up, and I think with this colder weather we've had pushed through, uh, that these other places I've been hanging out will start to produce a little better too. Oh yeah, well you you've said it before. I mean, even last season you you started seeing a lot more deer movement and bucks once December hit. Yep, last year. So that's maybe maybe that's the time to kind of really dial in and take care of what you got to take care of now. Maybe get out there a little bit and then get out there then and start uh, really putting the time in the stand. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think that my, my game plan for the next couple of weeks, you know, we're recording this on November 13th. Um, my next, my game plan for like basically the next month is going to be a lot of scouting my way into areas. And if I find good sign hunting, but I just want to keep checking those boxes off and I want to go back in these areas where, uh, maybe I've got river access and I can get away from people because come Thanksgiving gun season kicks off. Right. And at that point, the pressure in the woods is going to increase. And some of these, you know, harder to get areas may start to produce deer even more so. And maybe that was the shift that I saw last December was once gun season kicked in, it started pushing these deer into those, those harder to find areas or harder to get to areas. They're not hard to find. Um, and that's what I saw. I don't know, but you know, we'll, we'll have, I'll have better information after a second year of hunting these pieces. Yeah. It's all about putting the pieces of the puzzle together and hopefully yep. you, uh, you'll get it figured out and then you'll be uh, slaying deer on the regular. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, yeah, man. But you, you on the other hand, have had the exact opposite uh, of the past few weeks. Since we had you on to talk about your second big buck, you've had a, a, uh, a bunch of awesome encounters. I don't know where you want to start off with this, but um, th- there's a lot to cover. Yeah, there, there is a lot to cover. Well, I, I don't know that there's a lot to cover, but there is things that, we haven't mentioned or most of the people listening don't know about because we just haven't brought it up on the podcast um, since those things have happened. And then the one recently just happened. So it's fresh, fresh, fresh stuff. So, I mean, we can, uh, we can start with my muzzleloader season. Uh, It went, it was basically uneventful (laughs) for muzzleloader. Uh, I had some issues with my muzzleloader that I finally figured out. Uh, which was the, the what's it called, the Picatinny rail on the muzzleloader. My muzzleloader was loose, yep. so I kept trying to get it dialed in, couldn't figure it out. And I was like, man, my scope's not loose, and I was just not checking in the right place. And then I finally figured it out, and I was hunting with my bow some. The weather was awful during muzzleloader season. It was hot pretty much every day. I, I never really got, like, a good wind direction for the most part for a lot of the areas right. I like to hunt. So, and I was working, I was working a bunch of overtime during that time. So muzzleloader, which is normally my time and wasn't my time this year. And I really wasn't seeing a lot of action on the times that I was out anyways. So I just, muzzleloader was kind of a bust this year for me, (laughs) Uh, which is, which is fine. It doesn't really matter. Um, There's always going to be ebbs and flows to the season, like we've mentioned before. So you just kind of got to ride that part of the wave and, and move on. And, uh, but I, what didn't mean that I wasn't still getting out getting intel uh, on the deer and trying to figure out what they were doing, why they were doing it, things things like that. I was always right. checking my cameras and 
stuff, just trying to figure out, okay, uh, w- what can I do? Well, we've talked about the the big deer that I'm after. <laughs> we haven't re- ever really showed a picture of anybody of of this deer, but it's it's a big deer, <laughs> um, oh, yeah. especially for Florida. Um, it, it's a really good deer, and and he's on a piece of private, and I do have a little bit of history with him because he was on this piece of private last year. He wasn't a big deer last year. Um, he, he, he was one of those ones that just made a huge jump. Like you, you hear from time to time where they're like, Oh yeah, he was this. And then all of a sudden that next year, he just blew up like, and that's pretty much what this deer <laughs> has done. Um, I know, I mean, I know he's got the exact same frame. I mean, everything is identical. He's just, he's just got a lot more mass. He's wider, taller. I mean, he's just got everything this year. Um, and of course the bigger body, uh, to go along with it. And I started, I, I got a picture of him back in, I believe it was August, like late August. And he was already out of velvet at the time. And it wasn't a great picture of him. And I really didn't know it was him, but I had a deer kind of pass by one of my cameras in like this little transition area. And all I could see was it just had like incredible mass. And I think I sent you a picture and some of my buddies, I was like, man, check yeah. out this deer. I'm like, this deer has just a crazy mass. Like it, it almost didn't look, it didn't look like a Florida deer at all with the, with the mass it had. No, you couldn't tell a lot about the tines or anything, but you could just tell it was just like crazy mass. And I was like, what deer is that? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't tell you what deer that was. And I was like, well, maybe it's a new deer that showed up or whatever. And then I finally started getting some pictures of him probably like as during the season back in mid to late September. I think I think the first picture I actually got of him, a good picture of him, was probably September 18th was when I first I saw the a buck and I saw that side and I was like, OK, that's him. And then he turned and faced the camera and I could see right. exactly what he was. And I was like, oh, my God, this deer has just blown <laughs> up. And then I was sending people pictures, and then uh, somebody's like, "Ah, like, oh, that's not that's not a Florida deer." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm like, "Look at the camera. What does it say? Because my name's on the camera. And yeah, everything's on it." So I was like, "Which I kind of sent. Well, the first kind of pictures I sent, I kind of blocked that out just to see what people's reactions would be to the deer. I'm right. like, "Hey, look what I got on camera." And they're like, "Man, you, that ain't you ain't got that on camera." And then I sent them original the original picture of. Uh, like my name on the camera, all that stuff. And they were kind of like, like, oh, my goodness, dude, that, that thing's a giant, man. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, he is a giant. And then, But they were kind of wondering, like, well, how come you're just not staking out there and just devoting all your time to that area? And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm picking my spots, man. I don't – I mean, he, he's obviously an older deer. He's mature. Right. I, I don't want to blow this deer out of the area, which I didn't think – that I would be, I didn't think I would blow them out, but I didn't know. Cause I, I was kind of going in probably quite often to check the cameras and stuff to, to kind of see what he was doing. But I mean, he was just, he, he never spooked or, um, anything like that when he would come into the cameras and I'm like, well, okay, well maybe he's just used to my sin or whatever. Um, this isn't like a highly managed property either. It's not like one of those, I right. mean, we pass on deer, but we're, we're not running, uh, like protein feed and feed year round and have these massive food plots or it's actually a pretty hard place to hunt because of how thick it is. I mean, it's just yep. incredibly thick pretty much everywhere. There's like a few okamics you can kind of get in or you basically got to hunt the roads um, because you, if you could get high up and you wouldn't see a deer because of how tall and thick um, some of these uh, clear cuts are. And they've planted some pines 
last several years and they've gotten up and there's, I mean, of course there's dog fennel and every type of weed that you can imagine that's grown up probably eight to 10 feet high. Um, so you really, I mean, you can kind of hunt some of those areas, but you, you, you might have like one hole where the deer passes through or something where you could get a shot at the deer. Um, and then it would, it would just be like a split second and then they disappear and then you don't even know where they go. Um, but I believe my first encounter with this deer, which I thought it could have been a different deer, but now that I'm thinking, remember when I talked about during bow season, I sat up in this area and it was more of like an observation sit. I mean, if something came by, it came by, but I was just trying to get where I could kind of see, uh, down this lane. And I remember texting you, I was like, oh my gosh, dude, I just had a monster step out at like 120 yards. Yeah, I mean, I it was just that, an yeah. absolute giant. Um, I had my binoculars with me. I, I, I looked at him through the, the binos, but it was kind of like a split second type thing. He stepped out in the opening. He kind of looked down the lane um, to see if there was anything down there and he just kept going. Um, so I really couldn't get like a real good idea of which deer it was. I was almost thinking it was a different deer, but I'm pretty sure that had to be him in that area because I don't have any pictures of anything like that except for him on my cameras uh, on that piece of property but I I actually hope it wasn't him you know if you know what I'm saying but (laughs) I'm pretty sure it has to be him Um, but anyway so I saw him then Uh, I started getting him on game camera in this one area and I started kind of doing some basically run and gun setups in that area Um, I wouldn't I wasn't putting a stationary stand or anything in there because of how the wind has been kind of shifty this year. Um, a lot of it's been out of the east or northeast, but then it'll kind of shift. It'll be out of the south or the southwest, and then one day it may be out of the west. And I was like, okay, well, I know which how he's kind of using this area. I'm just, I can just go in and manipulate that with how I set up to where um, he, he's not going to have a good chance of winding me uh, in those areas. So I tried some hunts in there early on. Um, but he wasn't regular, uh, at this point, it was more of, he was, uh, he would come in and then he might disappear for, uh, I, I don't know, 10 days. And then right. he would come in and then maybe he would only disappear for five or six days. And then I finally had a day and I was going to go in there, but then I, I changed my mind. I was like, well, I don't like how the wind is today. It's out of the Southwest. I've never had luck on a Southwest wind. I went and hunted another property um, where I killed the first deer just because, just to, just to see what was going on there. I hadn't really hunted there that much um, this year. And sure enough, what does he do? He finally makes his first daylight appearance of the season in that area, like <laughs> 7.30 in the morning. And and he had been in, in there a bunch at night uh, as well. And he, he cruised by once, and then he kind of cruised by again in that area. I think he, there must have been a hot doe or something in that area that was – that had drawn his attention. And I'm like, oh my goodness, he finally comes to this area in daylight. And then I wasn't there. <laughs> I was like, well, there went my chance <laughs> yeah. this season because that is probably it. And he had, and I knew there was a kind of a time frame because of how he used that, that area last year. Um, there was like a specific time he was in that area and then he kind of moved on. And then I was just catching him. I would catch him on random game cameras in there from time to time, uh, but nothing frequent um, after that. And then I actually, that's the same deer that I walked up on last year <laughs> uh, at like 15 feet. And we both kind of stared at each other, but, yeah. but he wasn't big. And then he was broken at that point too. Last year he was a big fighter um, because he, he showed up, he was a little bit broken and then he broke a G2 and all kinds of other stuff. So he wasn't on 
at this point. I was like, okay, well, he looks like he's kind of a young deer. Well, let's let's see what he does uh, anyways. But so I'm like, okay, cool. He came in this area. Well, I, I know he's in the area. Uh, I'm going to – the next uh, time I could hunt, which, which we had a cold front coming in. So the funny part about this is is my buddy – was going to Missouri around the same time. And he asked, he's like, Hey man, do you mind if I take your saddle to Missouri? I want to try it out and use it in, in Missouri. And I was like, okay, sure. Cool. Um, I, I mean, I'd love for you to use the saddle and, and now he's hooked on saddle hunting. So he's, he's going to go out right. and buy a saddle, which I was like, okay, cool score. Um, we, we got, we got another, uh, a saddle hunter. <laughs> we can add another saddle hunter and the guy that was with him, Loved it as well, and he said he was going to buy a saddle now. So there's two. We, we're going to have two new saddle hunters. So th- that worked out from there. Um, but I knew I was like, okay, well, I'm going to have to go in here, and I still had one like lone wolf lock on stand that I had. I'd sold the other ones or whatever, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to keep this one. Um, and I actually sold the other one. I wasn't even trying to sell it. Somebody knew I had it, and I was like, yeah, I'll sell it to you. I'm not using it. Um, so I had this one. I went up. I knew what the wind direction was going to be. I, I went ahead and preset it. Um, just so I wouldn't have to go hang, hang it th- that morning. Um, so I preset it, get up in the stand, um, and I knew it was good for the, that wind direction. And I get up in the stand, and then I start seeing um, deer probably maybe an hour into the hunt that morning. Um, I, saw, I saw a couple of does, and then I saw this. The funny part, I saw a small buck. He came in, and then he started to kind of like rake in this little sapling. Well, he rakes this little sapling and then he moves almost right on top of me. Like he's like five yards away. Well, all of a sudden I look up and I see a, uh, this nine point we have, uh, he comes in like he wants to fight. So I'm assuming he heard that four point raking that sapling and he was coming in just to kind of investigate. He kind of came in. I got it all on video of him kind of spotting up. He was all fluffed up, like putting his head down. And of course the, <laughs> the four point didn't want anything to do with it. <laughs> He's like, nah, I think he actually started licking him. Like when he put his head down, he like started licking right. his nose or something. He's like, nah, man, I'm good. I'm, I'm, you're bigger than I am. I'm, I'm out on this. And, uh, that buck, he just kind of went on and went doing his own thing. And then all of a sudden I started having does like pour in from everywhere. Uh, it was weird because I hadn't been seeing a lot of does in that area up until that point. And I'm like, okay, cool. I got some does in here and all that good stuff. Well, all of a sudden, uh, I hear a grunt coming from the south. And I was like, oh, shoot. There's, I was like, well, we got another buck coming in. Well, uh, let's, let's see what this buck looks like. And I could kind of see through the woods uh, right when I heard the grunt. And then I saw it moving. I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's him. And I had switched over. I was, at this point, I'm hunting. I had brought my rifle in there. And uh, I had... And I had been taking my bow. Like, I'd always been taking my bow, even during muzzleloader and stuff like that. I'd been taking my bow. Like, well, if they give me a bow chance, I'm going to take them with a bow. Uh, or right. If, and then that's the one morning where I'm like, okay, I'm not going to bring my bow. I'm just going to bring the gun. Um, because I had been tired of – I was walking a long ways to kind of get in there um, just so I wouldn't bump anything um, and how the wind direction was and all that good stuff. I knew I, I had to enter a certain way. So I'm like, I'm just going to leave it. I'm going to bring my gun. And – so I got my gun, and then I can hear him, and then, like I said, I finally saw him, and then it wasn't too long before he was almost kind of right on top of me. And I was like, okay, well, when I got set up, and I was like, well, when he passes behind this tree, I'm going to take the shot. And I hadn't really looked at kind of what was it around that tree <laughs> at the time. So I get the gun up. He comes out. He steps behind the tree. I pull the trigger. 
Um, he runs off. He kind of like hunched up a little bit, and then and this is like at 25 yards. Um, and then he hauls butt like a scald dog. And then I couldn't see him after he ran for probably maybe 30 yards because it was a ton of like palmetto bushes and everything else kind of where he was. So I'm like, I was like, oh my goodness. He, I was like, I just shot this deer. Um, (laughs) and I was like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, and it was later than he had ever showed up. Um, but I, I think he must've smelled one of them does or something because like I said, he came in, he wasn't behind a doe and he just came in grunting. Um, like he, he was ready for some business. So I I wait a little while and I'm like, okay, I'm going to get down. I'm going to go check and and see what I got. So I get down to the spot and where he's at. And then I kind of get where he's at. And I was like, man, I was like, Ooh, I didn't see this brush here. (laughs) I didn't see this other spot, (laughs) this other tree that was kind of hanging. Um, and I find just a, a couple of little drops of blood. And I'm like, okay, there's a cut. At least I was like, there's a couple little drops of blood. And then I saw just like a little bit of muscle tissue on a leaf kind of behind where it was at. And I was like, oh, I don't really like that. Um, so I start kind of looking for more blood and I'm not really finding any blood. Like I'm finding, I, f- I found just a few pieces of little muscle tissue that he left on some of the palmettos that he crashed th- or ran through. <laughs> and I never heard, the, I never heard him crash when he ran off. And then I couldn't see, because he went straight away. If he'd have went left or right, I could have seen him again. Right. Um, but I never saw him again after that first initial, like, 40, 50-yard run uh, after he made it through all that thick stuff. And I was like, okay, well, um, I'm just going to kind of walk over to that area and see if I can see if he's down or, or what. Um, so I, I walk all over that area, can't see the deer. I go back to try to pick up a blood trail. Can't pick up a blood trail. Uh, of any sort. Um, I called my father-in-law. He was actually hunting at a different place. So he was on the way. And meanwhile, I had taken vacation from work um, because they'll allow you to do that where you can take like four hours or whatever in the morning time. And I was running close on time to where I had to be back at work at this point. So I'm like, oh my goodness, I've got to get back to work. So I'm like trying to call work to see if I can get my vacation extended while somebody else was getting off. So I had to be in. So it's kind of a weird deal how um, our vacation and stuff works sometimes. And because it was going to cause overtime, blah, blah, blah. So my father-in-law gets there, and we're the same thing. We're, we're having a, just a difficult time trying to find blood. And I, at this point, I'm like, well, I don't think it was a good, a good shot. Maybe I hit something. Maybe it deflected. I, I really didn't know. Um, and we probably searched for probably an hour or something. And there was just nothing, nothing telling me that I had hit the deer good at that point. I was just kind of like, ah, I don't feel good about it. Um, my father-in-law was going to kind of stay and look a little bit longer, but I had to go. I had to get back to work. (laughs) Right. Um, there was just no way around it. So he looked a little while longer. He didn't really find anything. Um, and like I said, the sign was telling us that it wasn't a good hit to begin with. Um, but so I'm like, okay, well I'll come back, um, the next day and try to, and I, and then after that, well, the funny part is I had class that next week. It was a class four work. So I was going to be in class all day for the next three days <laughs> to top it all off. So I was like, okay, well, I actually got out early the first day. So I zoomed out there, went back, looked, I, I mean, I found a couple of little specks of blood here and there. And then I found a little bit like 75, 80 yards away. Um, but it was still, it wasn't, it wasn't bright red blood or anything like that. And I was kind of like, I was like, I, I'm pretty sure that uh that this wasn't a good shot but i didn't know 
Um, I checked my camera. He wasn't on my camera in that area since then. So a few days go by. I go check this other camera where I'd been catching him here and there on a scrape. Like every now and then he'd show up to the scrape, probably, I don't know, six, 700 yards through the woods, maybe on the scrape. So I go check the camera and bam, there he is on the camera. It's four days later. He's on the camera, <laughs> looks perfectly fine. I couldn't even tell anything on where I, 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 I had hit him or anything. So I, I think I just grazed the deer, like just grazed mm. underneath them. Um, which I felt good about that because I'd been feeling bad. I was like, well, what if he's dead out here? I mean, I kind of tried to look for some buzzards, things like that, and searched even for, like, I walked further. I went back and walked the area just to make sure. And I found, like I said, I found him on that game camera, so I'm like, okay, <laughs> um, he's good. And I actually had went back <clears throat> to the shot, and I found, like, where I had hit, there was a, there was this big limb behind him. And... uh and I found this limb, and I found where my bullet had kind of gone through this limb, and there was a spot in the ground. Well, I started digging around the spot in the ground, and I find, and I found part of the bullet in the dirt. Um, so then I was like, okay, yeah, this deer, uh, this is this had to be what happened. I was still trying to figure out. I was like, well, did it deflect off of something? I, so I was like, it was 25 yards. <laughs> I mean, um, right. so I was like, what could I have done at 25 yards for that to happen? And I kind of got back up in the tree and I was like, well, this is kind of in the way there was definitely brush there that I didn't see, um, looking through. And there was kind of a, what I didn't realize is when he stepped behind that tree, there was kind of, um, which I, I, I mean, it was kind of like this weird spot in the ground as well, which I don't think that played a part in it, but maybe it did, uh, as well. But so I have, the, probably the biggest deer of my life <laughs> I've messed up on at this point during the season. I think it was November 2nd. Um, I've been all, trying to get on this deer all season up until this point, finally get an opportunity at him, and, uh, and then n- nothing, no, no, no fruits of the labor or anything like that, which, I mean, I was a little down on myself, but I wasn't too down on myself because I was like, okay, well, it just wasn't meant to be. It just wasn't meant to happen at that point. Um, I'm just glad I didn't. Uh, gut shoot, gut shot the deer or anything like that, and he was just out there dead somewhere, and right. uh, I didn't find him or anything. Um, so I, I was happy with that, and so I was like, okay, well, I'm just gonna keep checking this area, see if he kind of shows back up. Meanwhile, I'd been having um, <laughs> this big seven point, and he had been in this area and a couple of other areas. And, uh, he, he was wide and then it was, I, I think it was a deer that we had last year and he was a seven point last year. He was just a little bit bigger this year. Um, and it was hard to get any kind of details on how big his body was. He kind of looked weird in some pictures and stuff that I had of him, but I mean, he had a big frame and I was just like, it's gotta be that deer from, from last year. So I was like, okay, well, if he shows up too, I, I'm going to end up, me and my father-in-law had both talked about it. We're like, yeah, we're going to take him. Um, we think that he's probably an older deer and he's just hasn't done anything. I mean, he got, like I say, he got a little bit bigger, but he still had just, just that set seven point frame. So I'm like, okay, well I'm going to, and he had been showing up in that area. So I'm like, okay, well I'm going to, maybe I'll just kind of, I'll, I'll just pursue both of them and, and see what happens. So on veterans day, I, I had finally gotten my saddle back, <laughs> uh, for my buddy. Cause he got back from his trip. And I went to that same area. Basically, I actually got in the I got in the same tree, but I was using my saddle at this point. Um, I just set up my predator and was kind of tucked behind the tree. And it was a cold, and it was another cold morning, like another another cold 
for Florida cold. Not anything like the Midwest is experiencing now. <laughs> um, if we get in the the low 40s, high 30s, <laughs> that's cold for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Time to bust out the winter gear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so I get set up in that area, and I hadn't seen any more pictures of the of the the big deer in that area since then. I don't know why he was scared to come back in that area. <laughs> um, but the funny part was, is what I, what I had told you, it was, I know it was, it was November 3rd because I told you I had a trail cam picture of him yeah. in that area in the daylight on November 3rd last, the year before that, which I thought was crazy. <laughs> um, and probably He's ridiculously like patternable. Well, it kind of. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he's patternable, and he maybe? he, he kind of sh- and I know what area he's in, but of him right. showing up, um, it, it, it's not because, like I said, there's times where he'd show up, and he might show up at 8 p.m. one time, and then he might show up at 4 a.m. the next time uh, right. in that area. Um, it wasn't like he was vi- visiting there every like in the mornings or the evenings or anything like that. It was kind of all over the map uh, as far as that's concerned. Uh, but I think I've got. For that time of year, I've got his core area kind of mapped out. Mapped out. Um, I can at least probably say that uh, for for that for that deer. But the other one, like I said, he he had been passing through, and I had him on several other trail camps. He was actually in this one other area that I was kind of like, okay, well maybe I'll hunt this, um, but he wasn't as frequent in that area. Right. And I was in there uh, that morning. And I, it was cold, and I hadn't, it's probably been two hours in, and I hadn't seen a deer in that area. Um, and I was like, oh, I was like, man, what is going on here? I was like, I haven't seen the, the first deer. And I had just texted you. I'm like, hey, man, it's a ghost town here this morning. Nothing's yeah. going on. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it always goes with you, though. You always send me that kind of message, and then the next message is always far more <laughs> <laughs> so I mean it hadn't been like maybe a minute or two after I said that I heard something behind me and I look and it's a couple of does and I hear a grunt and I'm like oh okay well there's obviously I was like oh well maybe something's bumping these does and I had seen the seven point I had actually seen him on camera like a day or two before that and I knew that he had kind of busted a, a, his g2 like part of it off and a little bit of his brow time um so I turn around, after I turn around, I look, I see the does, and all of a sudden, I see him. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And they weren't too far behind me, maybe 20 yards, but behind me, it's super thick, too. There's there's no shot behind me. And 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 all I took in that morning was my bow. I didn't take in my gun or anything. I'm like, I'm just taking my bow in this area. There's no no long shot, really. Um, And I'd rather kill – I mean, I I love bow hunting anyways, so I'm like, well, I'm just going to take the bow in, and we'll see what happens. Um, so he's back behind me. I wouldn't have a shot with a gun or a bow, how they were back behind me. And the does kind of work straight, kind of straight towards where I'm at. They go basically under the tree where I'm at and they kind of do like a little circle around me. Um, and then they kind of work away from me and he just stays there behind me. He's standing there at 20 yards and I'm looking at him. I'm like, okay, well, what's he going to do? Did he decide that, Okay, maybe these does aren't ready. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fool with them anymore. Because one was a one was kind of a. She wasn't a spotted fawn, but she was a younger doe. Right. Um, and then there was a mature doe. And it was kind of like just like a little standoff for a while there, just trying to figure out what he was gonna do. Well, as they keep working further, he finally looks up, sees them. He's like, "Okay, well, uh, they're they're working away for me. I guess I'm gonna go uh, pursue." Uh, that doe again so he kind of he circles around a little bit to my left which is my strong side which was awesome and 
I knew he was going to come out to this opening. And it was probably about 20 yards where he was going to come out. I was like, okay, perfect. He's going to come out at 20 yards. And he he steps out in the opening, and then I grunt at him to get him to stop because if he had taken a, a couple more steps after that, I wouldn't have had a shot at him. I grunt. He stops. I was I'd already drawn back and everything. I was I was I was ready for him, and he stops. I let the arrow fly. I knew as soon as it hit him that it was a perfect shot. I'm like, oh my goodness, that was probably the best shot I'd ever put on a deer. <laughs> Humble brag. Go ahead. Yes, I know. I'm just saying that was <laughs> the best archer shot I've probably ever put on one. But I mean, the giant was a good one too at 40 yards. Sure. But I saw this one and I knew it was like a, a complete pass through. Um, and then he ran off probably maybe 30 yards away from me, and then he cut to the left, um, and then I heard him crash. And I was like, okay, he's down. And then, uh, like I said, you know how sometimes you can hear, like, yeah. just the air leaving a deer, like, that yep. makes this loud, like, <sighs> noise. Um, oh, yeah. I could hear that probably for about 10 seconds and then nothing. So I was – and then, I, I, then I'm like, okay, I've got to call Walter. <laughs> so I get my phone out. <laughs> Get on the phone with you. I'm like, hey, man, I just shot that seven point. <laughs> and you were actually thinking it was a different deer uh, at the time uh, yeah. initially. And I was like, no, no, it was this one. Um, I was like, I, I was like, I smoked him. I know I know he's down. <laughs> I didn't see him fall, yeah. but I heard him, and I heard what, whatever else I was hearing. I was like, oh, yeah, he, he's toast. Um, and I still sat around and waited. I probably waited for an hour or so before I was going to get down. Um, and the funny part was I actually had some limbs that I was going to, I was been, had been kind of wanting to cut as well. And I had brought my saw with me. So I'm cutting on those right. limbs and then I look up and there's like, there's this buck. He's, he's a young buck, probably like 25 yards from me as I'm cutting <laughs> the limb. And he, he kind of <laughs> looks up, he can't figure out what's going on. Um, and then I just stop. And then he, he st- stands there, meanders for a while, goes and hits, um, like a licking branch, uh, at a scrape. And then I had to wait for a while for him to kind of finally leave before I got down, actually. Um, got down, saw the arrow. It was covered in blood. I mean, it was sticking up out of the ground, um, full pass through. Got on the blood trail, went straight to the deer, and there he was. Uh, probably maybe 50 yards from where I'd shot him at. So that was my uh, veteran's day. <laughs> Yeah, man. I, you know, there's becoming a habit where you text me updates. You're like, yeah, it's been a slow morning. I've only seen an X. I'm, whenever I get that kind of message from you moving forward, I'm just going to, like, hold my phone, my finger over the screen and just get ready <laughs> to answer the call because that will be the second time this year that you've done that where you're like, yeah, I haven't seen anything. And then it's like, oh, my God, just shot a buck. It's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> the message couldn't have even left your phone by the time you decided to shoot that deer. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, like I said, it just boom. There it was. So, and the, the funny part was, is I actually went and checked some other trail cams today. I went out and checked some other trail cams, and I had that deer on one of my other cameras, like on the southwest side of the property, which is probably I think I, I did like an onyx line to see how far away it was. It's probably about nine hundred to a thousand yards, and he was on that camera literally two hours before that. Um, so wow. you just never know. You never know, like when it's the rut time, um, which it, like I said, it seems like it kicked off a little bit later than it normally does, um, this year of them just kind of going crazy and chasing does and all that good stuff. Um, you, you never know. The deer could be on one side of the farm no. and then two hours later, he, he's on the other side of your property. Absolutely. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool to be like, oh shoot, he was just in this area two hours 
<laughs> before <laughs> um before he came before he came into the wrong area <laughs> that's it that's it and he yeah. like I said he had been working kind of both areas um for for a little while um and it was just a kind of a, i was like i'm just gonna go in here again maybe maybe i'll see big boy again maybe he'll he's finally kind of gotten over with what because when they're rut crazy you just their mind's on other stuff and they do all kinds of weird things um, so I'm like, well, maybe he just thought that was a bee sting or a lightning strike or something like that. And right. Just right. moved on. Um, after that, just got scared um, because of the loud noise. But so I'm it's still possible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm still um, in him. Who knows where I haven't got a picture of him uh, in since the eighth, probably. Uh, at this point, right. so it's been about five, which isn't unusual because before then. And then I know uh, sometime around this time last year, he kind of made a shift where he was kind of all over the place after that, I think just searching for does um, all, uh, over the property. There must just be some does in that area that come in around that time, and he just knows right. to be in that area uh, around that time. So, um, yeah, man, that, that, was the, uh, that was the hunt. It was uh, – uh, I I got him. I had to drag him a little ways. Um, and he was he went um, for he weighed. I weighed him. He weighed around 180 pounds. Um, that's not wow um, dressed or anything. But he, 180 pound deer in Florida is usually a pretty good sized buck. Um, I would like. I probably have him aged at some point just to kind of see how old he was to what we were thinking he may be. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't. I probably he might be a four year old, four and a half year old maybe. Uh, it's probably what I'm thinking. Um, I don't think he's I, – I, he's definitely not he, – he's either three and a half or four and a half would be my guess. Um, but if he was a two-and-a-half-year-old last year, what he had, he was just a stud two-and-a-half-year-old. Right. <laughs> um, from last year. <laughs> but, I, I mean, he had that broken time, which I didn't care. I, like I said, we were already – we knew that we wanted to kind of take him out anyways. Um, and I was like, well, whatever. I can I can fix that if I want to or I can leave it how it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, he was yeah. at this, he's, he's the widest buck I've ever killed. Um, he was, I measured, he was like 17 inches, 17 something inches wide. Um, that's, that's how wide incredible. he was. So he, he was a wide buck and had good mass. I mean, his main beams were, uh, right at his bases were like four and a half inches, which is right. real good mass for a Florida deer. <laughs> so it was a good buck. Um, I was excited to take him. I mean, that was, that's number three, three out of five for the year. Um, one of the cool things about this deer was, is I'd, ha- I'd had this gentleman, he had been asking me for deer meat for a while and he's got four kids. Um, he's like, Hey man, if you get a deer man, um, he goes, I'd love to get some deer meat. And I always like to kind of give people deer meat, um, throughout the year, like we've mentioned before, because I just think that's a good promotion for hunting when you got people that don't necessarily hunt, but love to eat deer meat. Like they're always going to be kind of a proponent for you. If ever, if anything ever happened with hunting and right. something ever went to a vote or whatever, you're always going to have those people on your side be like, nah, man, I don't hunt, but I I, I don't mind these guys it, hunting. Right. Um, so I called him. I was like, hey, man, I killed this deer. Um, um, I'm going to give you some of the meat. And he's like, oh, man. He goes, he goes, man, I appreciate that. He goes, hey, I'll – and he, he's cleaned deer before. So he's like, hey, man, don't worry about it. He goes, I'll – and it worked out for me. He's like, because I was, I, I, I was kind of needing to be somewhere, but I was like, well, I can still clean this deer and get it processed or whatever. And he's like, hey, man, don't worry about processing it, any of that. He goes, I'll take care of all that for you. So wow. I was like, oh, my goodness. I was like, man, it can't get any better today. <laughs> you can't argue with that. Yeah. So I got to give him some deer meat, 
and uh, had a great experience. And then I said he was going to give me um, – I was going to take some of it as well. So it, it worked out. Uh, it worked out for the best for that. So I'm uh, – Yeah, man. I'm still chasing – I'll still be chasing Big Boy. Who knows? At this point of the season, it's kind of like a <laughs> guessing game on where he's going to be at. So I'm just going to have to – I'm still going to be out there grinding as far as, like, trying to figure out what he's doing, where he's at, um, things like that. Um, it just gets a little bit more difficult because the rut, uh, I think – I mean, here in about another week or two, it'll kind of, like, come to a, a kind of the end for a little bit. and There may be, like, another little rut that happens – maybe in the next uh, – probably three weeks afterwards because um, it always seems like in December there's like a little flurry of activity that second week of December in that area as well. So we'll see. It'll just be uh, a grind at this point. And then other than that, I really don't um, have any quote-unquote hit listers <laughs> on on uh, on the docket. So I'm hoping for uh, another surprise to step out. But <laughs> in that on that spot – like I mentioned before, it's there's like a bunch of homebodies there. You don't get a lot of like um, visitors in that area. Every now and then I'll get some. And there'll be small bucks. Like I had a piebald buck pass through this season. He's he only passed through once. I got him on camera one time. Um, he was a real young deer though, so it's not like I would I was gonna take him or anything like that. But I thought that was cool um, to see a piebald buck. Um, that's always interesting to me. Uh, and then I've got yeah, my man. other area to hunt as well, the one that's like five minutes from my house. So and apparently they're kicking off good right now. I've got some info. My father-in-law, he's been seeing bucks chasing over there. My buddy that hunts over there, the one that I let borrow the saddle, he he saw three bucks this morning kind of cruising. One was with a doe. Um, so I think I'm going to kind of shift a little bit over to there um, right now and uh, see. Because we've got – there's a couple of deer that we had on camera early season there that were real good bucks. Um, we just haven't seen them since. So maybe – And but my father-in-law has been seeing a big deer. He's just been too far away um, from where he's set up at. So maybe I'll go set up in there and see what can happen. Yeah, man. So. The season's young. I, I said it before. I'll say it again. Chase is going to punch all five tags this year. <laughs> I, know, I know it's going to happen, dude. You well, know, like I said, it, when I for some reason when my hot seasons, I'm hot, man. Uh-huh. Um, so I like I said, I'm just going to keep riding the wave and uh, – uh, see what happens, but and then I still like I said you've got some late season stuff that I can kind of come up and do as well. So I don't want to. Uh, I'm definitely saving. Well, I'm saving one tag <laughs> without a doubt for for big boy. <laughs> yeah, but but then but your hunts are still even after that. Even after the season ends here, I think you've got some hunts lined up um, right. that were in February, which we're we're done yep. over here at this point. So if I uh, if I uh, don't find him then i'll have a tag left um to come do all that with you so i'm i'm looking forward to that yeah man looking forward to no, that it's uh it, it's it there's a lot of season left to be had a lot of fun to be had i just hope next year we can have a camera in your hands because all of the deer you've shot have been like 25 well no that one was at 40 yards but right uh but i still could other... have got good footage on that one right right the oh. other three you could have had at uh like point blank range yeah, yeah, 20 yards. Both of them were yeah. – one of them was like 23, the other one's 20 uh, yards. <laughs> so, um, it would have been it would have been good um, footage or whatever. But we'll see. Yeah. I'll, I'll get a camera next year, and then it'll be a ghost town for me. <laughs> so, go ahead and prepare yourselves this year, guys. Next year – well, I'm going to Iowa next year. So, yeah. 
Uh, that that could change some things, but it seems like I don't know that I'll have two great seasons in a row. <laughs> but you never know. I put the time in. That's one of the yeah. things I can. I was like, e- even when I'm having a bad season, I still put all the time and effort in. Yes, you do. This even this season, I'm having a great season, but I'm still working my butt off to uh, to try to get on these deer. It's not like I'm just like, okay, cool. It's I've killed a couple of good deer or big deer this year. I'm gonna kind of relax or whatever. Uh, I'm still out there. I'm still pushing, still looking. Um, and I mean, I wouldn't mind hunting public, some public areas around here, but all the public areas around where I'm at, they're all at, like quota hunt status right now. Like they have a little bit of public early on and then they go to where like you can run dogs out there or they're, they're closed or they just have where people have to apply for quotas for them. So it's kind of tough in my, I don't have kind of like the public that you have where you're at, um, to go without traveling a long ways, um, to find it. So, but I will be able yeah, to uh, hook up on some of the public with you. So, um, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I'm looking forward to it myself. I mean, it's those, those quota hunts for the rut are just, they're awesome. There, there's too, there's too many good deer running around and it's, it's too well managed. So the good news is I'm going to be able to flex my hours and make a lot of those Fridays happen. So, uh, I feel pretty bad for all those bucks that are sitting right now real comfy. <laughs> yeah, man. Thinking they've I had, got it made. I had a bold <laughs> prediction for you this season, and it was Walter Lee will fill all five of his tags. So, you got, <laughs> you got some work to do, which is, like we said, the oh, season's still man. young. So, yeah. Three um, weeks into a, what, a 12 week season or longer, actually, because, heck, I can hunt all the way through February. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you still got plenty of time left. Yeah. Not worried about it. So, yeah. So. Well, dude, I don't have anything else to add. If you don't, why don't we go ahead and send them on their merry way? Yeah, let's do it. Well, guys, thank you for listening. This has been a mid-season update. We're going to keep doing some of these because things keep happening. Chase uh, is pulling all the way to the podcast, and before too much longer, I'll start pulling my weight, and I'll have some stories to share. But you guys have asked for more of our stories, and that's what we're doing. That's what we brought to you today. And um, I'm, I'm looking forward to the cold weather. I'm looking forward to the rut. It's coming. I'm excited, so uh, stay tuned. I got a couple videos I'm editing that'll be dropping on YouTube, and if you haven't already, tell somebody about the podcast. We don't put any money into marketing. We rely on the word of mouth of you guys, the listeners, to to tell people about the podcast so that we can grow. So do us a favor, share this podcast with one other person that you know who might be interested, but above all else, get outside and enjoy the great outdoors.